We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest, contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news. We'll break down the Sunday box scores for fantasy impact and we'll play a game of buy low or sell high. Benny's going to give him give us some of his top options that you should be sneaking in on or you should be selling the goods uh, so stay tuned for that. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at the FantasyHoopsInsider.com. Benicio, welcome to week three, sir. Is it week two or week three? 
Week three? Um, I don't know. It's week two. I just finished week two in my week two for head to head NBA league. Yeah, yes. I don't know. It might be week three overall. I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll call it week two and a half. We'll just cover yeah. all our bases there. there so, um, what's going on, man? How's your team's doing? Uh, pretty good. I'm actually um, I'm in one league that is like a money one that I really care about, and I'm two and zero in that one in head to head so far. So. Not too bad. Oh, you uh, play straight win total? You just got to beat them 5-4 or 4-3 four, four, or whatever? Yeah, well, the one the one that I'm in that's, uh, you know, that's for a good a good amount of money. It's a head-to-head league. Uh, so we play, I think, it doesn't go all the way to the end of the season because the end of the season things get a little crazy with minutes. So it goes to, like, two weeks after the All-Star break. And then there's, like, a straight, like, crazy, you know, three-game series playoff structure until, like, the last month of the season. Um, so it's actually pretty cool. It's a, it's a pretty in-depth league that I've been in for a couple of years. So, All right, sweet. Well, yeah, we play head-to-head there, 12 teams, and I'm in a 14-team uh, Roto League as well. And the head-to-head, we play 9-cat uh, with assisted turnover, which is the way you should do it, by the way. Yes. All right, don't play with stupid turnovers as a, as a category. If you guys do that, change it next year, okay? Negative, cat- negative categories suck. It's like playing with strikeouts. Or something in baseball, or you know, like um, making... yeah, who needs strikeouts in baseball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So yeah, they're already gonna, you already get those indirectly with batting average. You don't need to make an official category like turnovers. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my my rant of the day. And it, and it also kills you when you take all these guards because if you have all these point guards on yeah. your team, they just they're gonna have more turnovers. Right, and th- that's the other thing too. It's like you're you're destined to lead the league in turnovers if you have some of the top superstars on your team because they just touch the ball so much it's impossible for them not to have to rack up more turnovers and people are like oh kobe had seven turnovers but you know yeah kobe also scored 43 points did he have a bigger plus minus than anybody else on the team maybe probably not you know so that's you know i don't kobe's a bad example because i i've been telling people to stay away long away from kobe but you know uh, 2002 Kobe or whoever another version well, even, of Kobe. even like a, even like a James Harden like James yeah. Harden right now you know is putting up 45 points a game but he has six turnovers but if he touches the ball on 70 of their you know 105 possessions mm-hmm. you know that's not that bad that's not right. a bad ratio you know right. so even though he had a lot of turnovers uh, that's because he had the ball in his hand every possession so right and th- which is why I prefer to use a sister turnover as a indicator because that you know that if that sort of equals out the the fact that they turn over the ball with the distribution in and mm-hmm. you can't even equate like the the point totals that go into that so I mean plus minus isn't is not a bad indicator of that usage rate is probably a little bit more uh, efficient but just like you know taking a look at some of the the the, the top players here I'm gonna try to sort by uh, O rank here let's see um that's a reverse sort. Um, Steph Curry, 2.33 assisted turnover. He'll beat that once it's all set. Chris Paul's actually low at 2.9 assisted turnover. He's usually sitting in the four range. Russell Westbrook yeah. at 2.235. That's pretty solid overall. LeBron, LeBron James will probably beat 2.5 uh, for the season. And the nice surprise here from Jimmy Butler at 2.57. Really, it's a st- stepped up his uh his uh, assisted it's turnover. Assist, yeah, yeah. I was just, I mean, he doesn't turn it over a lot anyway, right. but you know. He normally also doesn't have a lot of assists, so that's pretty good for him. Yeah, so he's had a couple games where he's popped up. He's had a five-assist game. He's had a six-assist game. So he's done a nice job of uh, distributing overall while you know averaging 20 points per game. So the, the two, this 2.6 assists per game is going to be like the low number for him. I think he'll be well above three. 
uh, as the season goes on, especially if Derrick Rose ends up running into injury issues like he always does. So um, we'll we'll talk about that. Let's go ahead and dive into the box scores here, Benny. But really quickly before we do, want to let you know that the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the first game that we want to talk about on the slate for Sunday. It, this is a two. Uh, this is like a um, NBA Finals preview here, Benny. Uh, the one and five LA Lakers versus the three and four <laughs> New York Knicks. So yes. we all know these guys are going to end up with number one seeds, but we're not talking about playoffs right now, Benny. We're going to talk about fantasy impact here. Kobe Bryant chips another. Kobe Bryant's going to have to like carry a can of paint with him to every arena that he goes to chipping just orange pieces all over every rim six of 19 two of 10 from deep four of seven from the free throw line can't even make free throws kobe just really i mean and he ends up you know tying the 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 team for the scoring lead at at 18 points which is no surprise they end they end up losing this game julius randall also struggled in this contest jordan clarkson had a tough time What, what taking a look at this box score what do you glean from this for fantasy analysis I mean, I'm not going to make too much out of this one game. I don't think they played very well this game. Uh, as far as the Lakers go, though, the two guys, fantasy-wise, who I have been looking at, both had horrendous games in this, and that's uh, Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson on this Lakers team. Um, they're two guys who I think, if they're available and you're in like a shallow 10-man league, they should be owned. And if you can get them for pretty cheap, you know, Clarkson, we've talked about before, is probably the best player on this Lakers team. Although I think Randall now is starting to play to the point where I think that, uh, you know, there's an argument that could be made that he is as well. So I think both of these guys should be owned. Everybody else on this roster I could pretty much do without of, and that includes Kobe Bryant. He will put up a lot of points for you here and there, but even his other stats, you know, Kobe used to fill up the stat sheet, rebounds, assists, steals. You know, even his other stats lately haven't been looking all that great. On the other side for the Knicks, I mean, I haven't really used too many of them the one guy who's been interesting to me and you know who i'm pleasantly surprised with is uh Porzingis. Yep. but he's not playing a ton of minutes um i don't know if it's because yeah. he's a rookie or you know yeah. he's playing like basically 25 minutes a game if he was up closer to 30 you know he's been putting up close to double doubles in a lot of these games and, and really looking kind of solid if he was playing more minutes i think i could use him so maybe if there's some injuries on the Knicks this year you can get him but i'm staying away from that backcourt and, I mean, mellow is mellow. If you have him, you probably picked him pretty high. You know he's going to shoot a lot. He's going to score a lot. He's going to put up some other numbers. You know, I wouldn't be looking to trade for him. He's not particularly a guy I love for fantasy, but obviously he's someone you always got to consider. Yeah, so, you know, for the most part, I'm willing to wipe away these bad performances from Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. They're going to be monsters for me. Um, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, still sort of the same situation here. Not scoring enough, not doing enough overall for him, for me to really be interested in, in him. I think all of those players, along with Lou Williams, will be valuable fantasy assets and, and will end up playing better. Um, you forgot to mention my boy here, Rolo. All right, 14 and 13 with four dimes. Yeah. You know, the new point center. For the New York Knicks here. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like I could see you're just like I, I rolling mean, your eyes. Or like, you know, you know what it is? It's like if I'm in, if you need a center, he's a great backup center in any league, 8, 10, whatever. But I mean, really, if he's your starting center in a 12-man league, I mean, you're probably, you're, you're probably not happy about it. You probably were the last guy to go out and get a center because I think that's around where I would have him, somewhere in that middle range, 10 to 20 range. Um, and I think that there's a lot of guys that you can 
argue you'd rather have than him. He just he just doesn't excite me at all. He need, they need to stop hating on his minutes though. I don't like the twenty two to twenty eight to twenty one yeah, like that that's up with, you know. Yeah. So and he hasn't been in foul trouble in any single game. So just play sideshow Bob. All right, and then he'll be a little bit more valuable. You're right, though. He shouldn't be your number one center. He should be your number two guy, and you know, potentially a bench backup in more shallower leagues. But I also don't. I also think like four, five point four rebounds a game is a little bit of clown business going here. Like he's this guy is a guy who should be closer to ten rebounds per if he gets full minutes. If he's going to get hated on, like in the in and stick around in the twenty eight range, that's probably going to be seven or eight. But you know, he's going to shoot a good good percentage. And um, by the way, ten for ten from the line. For the free throws so a guy that's i'm not expecting I him to like that yeah. yeah i'm just saying he doesn't kill you like most centers do so you that's why i sort of you know have a little bit of affinity towards him nice sneaky little guy better as a deep league option um so something to pay attention to all right the other thing i'm going to say about the new york Knicks in here um in this game is the guy that you need to pay attention to for watch lists for deep leaguers is jerry and grant okay jerry and grant in 18 minutes um was one of six, zero of three from deep. Yeah, that that don't pay any attention to that. Pay attention to the eight dimes that he dropped in eighteen minutes. That's pretty serious when, especially when you know you're playing with a second unit. And and speaking of the second unit, Lansing Galloway has been killing it. I have no idea why this guy just isn't starting over uh, uh, Vujacic, but it's doesn't it blows my mind to me. We know at some point Jose Calderon's going to get injured, and he's actually played fairly decent to start the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be all over Jaron Grant the minute Kyle Run goes down because he's a more athletic version and you can so sh- show that he's like a pretty good quality grade of pastor. So he's exciting to me. I I think that he has like a little bit of uh, Jordan Clarkson in him, but maybe not as good of an outside shot. Jordan Clarkson's shot was a little suspect to begin the season, but the second half it really picked up and it looks even better this year. And I think mm-hmm. Jaron Grant can sort of be that guy. I actually was well, this is what I the problem I had with D'Angelo Russell. Um, and the pick for the Lakers, and why I thought they might have been better off just going with a monster front line of like Randall and Okafor, because mm-hmm. Jordan Jordan Clarkson is a pretty good distributor, and he's a problem as a big one. You know, like a like I think he could be like an MCW, but a, not as good of a defender, but a much better scorer and a mismatch. You know, at his size, at point guard, and then bringing D'Angelo Russell sort of just kills all of that. And same sort of thing with Jerry and Grant. Jerry and Grant is like um, 6'4", which is is a pretty good size, and he's got good length for a point guard. That you know, he's drafted in nineteenth overall by the Wizards, so you know he he had a fairly good pedigree coming out of college. I want to see this guy play over a Calderon because Calder because they're building for the future. So um, I don't know what the what the Knicks are trying to do over overall, but the sooner they get Jerry and Grant involved and into the offense, I think the better they'll be for their like long term. Uh, you know, prognosis for the team. Like they'll, you know, they'll move along faster. The same way they're sort of accelerating Porzingis, um, you know, by giving him, you know, starters, um, starting time, not necessarily starters minutes, but close to. The last thing I want to say about Porzingis too, is I like the fact that he's getting busy on the board and he's, you know, trying to shoot the threes. You're going to hate his field goal percentage all year long. Okay. Um, especially if you're going to have him play the stretch four as a rookie, a 19 year old that hasn't figured out which shots he should be taking or making, or, you know, we know that, you know, confidence can be uh, an issue for him. So I hope you're solid at field goal percentage, or you don't use that, or you don't mind him, you know, torching it overall. Cause it's not going to be pretty, he's going to have some good games, but probably going to have more bad than good. And it could be under 40% overall. So just be prepared for that. Yep. All right, moving along. Let's go ahead and get into the next game, if I can get back to the place where you look at games. 
Um, by the way, we got some good some good feedback for um, a lot of a lot of podcasts that we've been hosting over the last week. So if any of you listen to the the DFS along with the season long, we appreciate you sending all the, the feedback to Benny I on on Twitter. Uh, that was very nice of you. And get, what do you know? I got the next box score up, so I think I successfully stalled long enough to talk about the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Did you like that transition? I did like that. That was good. That, that, that's why you you get the big bucks. The pro <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. I just had the color. <laughs> <laughs> color commentary. Absolutely. He's not the best in the business for, for nothing, folks. Yeah, that's a bold call there, Con. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what did you glean from this performance? Monster f- performance from Paul George, who until like the just recently, I didn't know his nickname was PG-13. Did you know that? I did not know that either, to be honest. Somebody tweeted me, like, oh, I just traded him for PG-13. I'm like, PG-13? I had to Google it. I'm like, oh, his number's 13, Paul George. Okay, all right, cool. Um, so, yeah, PG-13 goes for um, 32 and 11 with six yeah, times. Yeah, that's basically what I saw from this game is that Paul George looks like he's back to being that guy Atrocity. before he got injured. You know, he's going to be a monster. I actually have him on the buy-low list because I still think people are sleeping on him. This is a guy that... You know, if you would have told me that he was going to do what he's done over the last couple games, mm-hmm. I probably would have pushed him into the first round of some of my drafts. And most of the drafts that I saw, he was falling second, third, sometimes even like, you know, further than that. If you were in like a 10 man draft, you know, I've seen him in the fourth round in some of those. Um, he's definitely somebody who, if you could trade for him without giving up your first round pick, I think you should probably look into doing it. Yeah, uh, I was though I was actually pretty excited when I was I think I was 13 out of 14 uh in my uh, 14 team roto league and I went Butler 13 and Paul George right back on the other end and yeah. uh, it was between him and Gobert and Gobert actually went in the middle and now I'm pretty happy because these guys are doing it all they're assisting they're rebounding they're dropping trays they're scoring at a big clip they're triple yeah. double threats they're like they- they add defensive stats for you as well. They're, you know, Paul George especially very good defensive player. Right. So, you know, he'll block a shot. He's long. They and they and he's getting minutes at stretch four too, which is um, mm-hmm. also nice because he's he's a mismatch for any four. I don't care who yeah. the four is. The only person who I could re- like really feel like, oh yeah, that four will have um, could actually you know do a good job guarding him like Anthony Davis or something, just yeah. like an athletic freak. So, mm-hmm. um, and then just for you know, sort of. A, you know, ancillary notes here. Uh, Ian Mahimi, uh, the, you know, whatever train continues here, six points, two rebounds. I'm all about hashtag free Miles Turner. All right. Uh, you know, six points, three of four, only one rebound. This does block a shot. Uh, no reason in my mind we, we still need to be looking at Mahimi in the starting lineup when you have a, a higher quality player there in, in Miles Turner. Even Lavoy Allen, I wouldn't mind as just a starter over Mahimi. I just don't know what he's supposed to add in terms of values. There's a guy taking up space on the floor. You know, Jordan yeah. Hill, um, you know, at the the other power forward spot, if you if they play George at the three, how excited are you about three of 15? <laughs> like, yeah. Did somebody take way too many shots in the flow of this game or what? What is going on, yeah. dude? There's, yeah, there's, but he is he is rebounding a little bit for you. He is. So he's, if he, he's been actually he was I think he was averaging 10 per last at for a, for a good stretch last season for the Lakers at center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're totally right. He can definitely board up, but there's yeah. no there's no scenario in the world where Jordan Hill should be taking like 15 shots with Paul George, no. George Hill, and Monte Ellis on the team. So. Yeah, unless, unless they're all layups and he's getting his own rebound on every one of them, it shouldn't be that high. 
But again, if he's a guy, if you need rebounding, he's a guy that's on a lot of waiver wires, even in some deeper 12 and 14 team leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting enough minutes where he's he's a viable guy to throw in there to give you some, uh, you know, some rebounding help. Just you know, like Josh just said, don't 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 expect too much in the scoring and or the uh, field goal percentage if he's going three for 15 department. Yeah, he should be better than that. He should be closer to 50%. You know, honestly, I don't know what he's do, what he was messing around if he missed eight layups or, or what it was. Yeah. It didn't catch the game. But, uh, yeah. So and the other thing, too, is like as a power forward, the one the reason why people just hate on him and and deservedly so is he's just not a good shot blocker for his size. You know, this guy was, remember, I think the former, what, uh, for, you know, lottery pick for the Knicks, and they had no problem getting rid of him in no time. So, I mean, this shows you how, how sort of like, you know, from the prospect level he was to now he, he would be really good as a Taz Gibson type, but not as good defender, you know. So. Yeah, I can see that. That's now, here, there, there's actually somebody in this game I wanted to talk to you about because it looks like he's back to playing minutes right now. Okay. Monta Ellis had a big game here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy, I actually have him on the buy-low list to discuss later on, too. He's a guy that is kind of off people's radars, but, I mean, we've seen what he can do. He could score. He could put the ball in the basket. And I think that's actually something that this Indiana team kind of needed. You know they're a good defensive team. I mean, obviously, the loss of Hibbard, you know, it it hurts them. As much as I didn't like Hibbard, he's a big body in the middle, and he was a good defensive presence. I don't think Mahini brings the same thing to them, but... Adding a scorer like Monta Ellis is is definitely interesting for this team. I think uh, I think he's really going to help this Pacers team because that's to me that's kind of where their weakness was. Is it weird to me that every time I see his name, I want to go Mahini Heeny Heeny He Hari 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 Hori Hori ho. I'll tell like, you what, that's probably a bigger contribution than what he's going to give you on the floor today, <laughs> or in your fancy lineup. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there you have it. So. Um, and then just from the cap side there, nothing like you know interesting or overexpected. Richard Jefferson got 30 minutes as we expected. Nobody cares. He didn't do mm-hmm. enough for him to us first even. Yeah, make don't a- don't go rushing out to take him off the off the waiver yeah. wire just because he's starting now with Jr. out. It's a temporary thing, and even with it being a temporary thing, I mean, look, played 30 minutes, took six shots. Yeah, which is basically what's going to happen every time. Yeah, yeah, had one rebound, had one assist. Had one turnover, had two steals. His job is to stand in the corner. Yeah, like that's right. you know he like he's baby. They put him in the corner. That's it. <laughs> like it's you know yeah, they, and, and that's all he's gonna give you. So don't don't you don't know, get excited. Trying, he's cracked yeah. double digits once or twice, whatever. No, right, he's and, not you know, somebody you want on your fantasy team. He's not gonna help you at all. Yeah, and also not concerned about Mo Williams going four for fifteen. Doesn't matter. No. Still got eight assists. And he's and he's still a pretty good shooter. It's actually two two or five from deep. So yeah, and until Kyrie comes back, he's still playing the minutes. So as right. long as he's still playing the minutes, start him every you know. time out. If he makes sense, yeah, in the, I'm fine with him. Anytime you want to use him for DFS, if you think he makes sense for your lineup and he's cheap enough. So um, yeah, there you have that. No problem with him. Kyrie looks like he could be a couple weeks away, but even when Kyrie comes back, Mo Williams will turn into uh, a super gunner. Um, off the off the bench against lesser competition, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and we've seen him, you know, perform pretty well as a six man. So I'm not too concerned about him losing a ton of value overall when he actually uh, does uh, come out of the starting lineup. So uh, there you have that. Fantasy football just got a lot more interesting here, Benny. This week, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with 1.2 million going to first pace. 
place. Go to DraftKings.com and enter the promo code ROTOWIRE right now to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, so let's move ahead here. If I can figure out how to get to the next game, I have done it successfully. Toronto gets smacked by Miami. Once again, Hassan, white side, strong side, comes up with Mm -hmm. another big performance. What did you make out of this game? Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I was pretty shocked that Toronto got smashed by 20 in this game. I I was expecting them to kind of win it. You didn't get much out of Lowry. You didn't get much out of DeRozan. Um, I think the the things that I kind of took away from it is – uh, looking at the Miami box scores over the last couple of days, Chris Bosch is rebounding this year, which is the thing that we said we hated about him. You know the guy can score. He's always going to put up points. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to be getting us the rebounds too, then you know what? Maybe we kind of underestimated him a little bit at the beginning of the season. So that's something I want to keep an eye on. Um, not really a big fan of Dwayne Wade, uh, even though he's had some decent games to start the year. If you can get somebody to take him off your hands and give you something good for him, I would trade him because – you know that he's going to get hurt at some point this season anyway. So he's somebody I would kind of be looking to get rid of. And on the flip side, when he does get hurt, you know that's going to mean more usage and a bigger role for Goran Dragic, who has not really had a good start to the season. I mean, he played 26 minutes in this game. He had two points, three assists, two rebounds. I think he's somebody that I wouldn't mind trading for, thinking that down the road he's going to be producing a little bit better than he is now. Uh, Because he did have a pretty decent end to the season after the trade last year definitely a lot better than the numbers he's putting up now so he might be one of those guys who i'd look for down the road but like you said i mean Whiteside is the guy he only played 24 minutes in this game too and he wound up with uh 20 points 11 rebounds and six blocks so if he would have played you know his normal minutes an extra you know six or eight or ten minutes in this game he could have put up just an absolutely ridiculous stat line in this one yeah, he really could have. So somebody else to you know keep an eye on and pay attention to. Um, you, you know what? I'm, another guy in the Jaron Grant mold that I'm officially like watch listing and waiting to snap on. Justice Winslow here. All right, you, and the stat line doesn't show the sort of impact he's been having, but he's been playing lockdown D. Not that you care too much of that, except for you if you, you know if you get the steals or the blocks. Nine point six boards, but thirty two minutes. Walding plays twenty eight minutes there as well so if he can actually get a hold of some some consistent minutes in the starting lineup he can be uh, an interesting player for uh, for deeper deeper leagues now i need your help okay i need okay. you to talk me off the ledge that corn Drogic owners are currently sitting on waiting to plunge to their fantasy death because he has been terrible for the for the mm-hmm. most part and i don't think he's figured out a way to th- sort of flow in this lineup because the way you look at it right now with the way Whiteside's beasting um, he can't even like he's not even getting like uh like a good volume of assists overall. Eleven points per game, two point seven rebounds, four point one assists. We mm-hmm. need some help with we need some therapy here, uh, Benny. Help us out well, with Warren Rodgers. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think part of the problem, as I said before, is if you look, Dwayne Wade still has a pretty high usage number. The ball is in his hands a lot. Drogic, what was the reason he wanted to leave Phoenix? Because the ball wasn't in his hands. He's a point guard who needs the ball in his hands. He didn't want to be a spot-up shooter in the corner like they were trying to make him with, you know, Isaiah Thomas and and Eric Bledsoe over there as well. Um, So I think he's going to kind of have a little bit of the same problem here. It's not that Wade's playing point guard, but Wade is initiating the offense. He's the guy with the ball in his hand. He's the guy who's driving and, you know, dishing to his teammates so he's basically making Drogic a stand-up shooter right now. And where, 
you know, Drogic gave us value last year was when the ball was in his hands and he was able to push the pace up the floor because he was giving those passes to Whiteside to finish over there. He was the one kicking it out to the shooter to hit. Well, not that they had many shooters. I mean, I guess you could call Chalmers a shooter, but, you know, they were kicking it out to the guys on the outside who were making shots. And, you know, it might seem like a simple thing, but that's how you rack up assists. And right now, I don't feel like they're playing that way. They're playing at a little bit of a slower pace. It's more of a half-court situation. And in that situation, Wade's the guy who's been, you know, initiating the offense, whether it's, you know, the guy who's making the pass or coming off the pick and roll or, you know, creating for his teammates. It's not the ball in Drogic's hands anymore. So I can't really talk you off the ledge right now. Like I said, I think he's a buy-low kind of candidate if you can afford to stash him and wait for that Wade injury that we all know is going to happen. Even if Wade doesn't get injured and is out for a long period of time, you know at some point during the season they're going to start sitting him on the end of back-to-backs and stuff like that. So that's really where you want to have uh, Gorin in your lineup. But up until that point, I still think he's going to put up some, like, you know, like look at the stat line. I mean, he was five shots, two points, two rebounds, three assists, two turnovers. You can't start somebody in your lineup that way. You can get that production from a bench player. You know, so, I mean, it's – Right now, I I, kind of understand. I feel the pain of those guys that have Drogic on their lineup. Uh The best I can say is bench him and wait till the better opportunity comes without Wade. Or, you know, if you're willing to get rid of him, I mean, like I said, I'd be buying low. You're not going to get a lot for him right now. So you're probably best just putting him on your bench. You know, I mean, I would even rather run out like a TJ McConnell or Isaiah Kanan at this point. He's been that bad. Yeah, he has been brutal, to say the least. So, yeah, I think you just sort of have to wait it out. And, you know, it's it's like, do you want to sell low? Uh, and Or do you want to sort of, you know, try to hang in there and see if you can get some uh, fantasy value back in return? So it's going to be a tough situation overall. We'll, we'll see how it ends up uh, shaking out. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next game here. Benny, if I remember how to get back to the next game. This is like, um, uh, you can tell I'm just running a tight ship today, you know. <laughs> Is like on it, and they're like, "Dang, Josh! I can't even keep up with Josh today. He's just going too fast. You need to slow down, you know." Or what I can do is actually get to the next game, which I finally made it to: Phoenix and Oklahoma City. There, the um, the Eric Bledsoe going to the next level. Um, you know, the narrative here is looking fairly legit. What I don't get though is like his comments. I wish he would have just said something else. He was like, "I just made up my mind that I'm going to play hard every game." I'm like, what? Yeah, you should have been doing that anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. are you seriously, seriously, really, Bledsoe? You were like complaining about how you're getting disrespected in your contract, and now this year, when you guys were in the playoff hunt all last year, you've just decided you're going to play hard. I was like, come on, man. You sound like Michael Vick. Well, like, that's why you're not getting a max contract because you're, you know, a clown. taking games off. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you want a max contract, you know, you need to be the guy that wants to win more than anybody else on the floor and if you're not then you don't deserve it so yeah. tough tough it's, well i mean either way fantasy owners are enjoying the fancy goodness so that part of it is um pretty good the, the next question that i that i have for you here is sort of the same situation that people are having with Drogic. tyson chandler owners are sort of getting into panic mode a little bit early you know the yeah. the averages aren't bad seven points per game 10.9 but you know how Tyson Chandler does, okay? He does stuff like this, go 0 for 3, you know, 1.8 rebounds, and then, mm-hmm. you know, puts up 4 points, 
and you, you you sort of just hoped he would be closer to a double double than this. So, what, what's your take on Tyson Chandler? Are we should we just be happy with seven and ten, seven and eleven? With you know, so, and but the other issue too is like you really really thought he was going to have more than four blocks in what seven games so mm-hmm. far. So, or, are we just in panic mode and we need to calm down, or what should we be doing? No, I don't. I don't think it's a panic mode situation. Well, actually, I do think it's a panic mode situation, but I think you got to be real with yourself when you look at it is he's an aging center right now who's not playing as many minutes as he used to and is not producing like he used to so if you wasted a high pick on him you know I mean I don't think you're going to get the 15 or 18 points and 10 or 11 rebound production that you thought you were going to get out of him in this in this offense uh the Phoenix is actually playing at a little bit of a slower pace this year so it's not like you're getting as many possessions as well. Chandler isn't playing like three quarters of the game. He's basically playing about a half of it right now. So I don't think you want to be happy with this production, but I also don't think that, you know, I think you're kidding yourself if you're not realistic and say that this is kind of who he is right now. He's not going to be that 18 and 10 guy. I thought I might've been getting later on in the draft by taking him. You know, he's basically a mid tier backup center on a 12 team league at this point. All right, fair enough. You sort of, you sort of, if you invested a, a lot of people invested like a top seventy-five pick in him, and I was just like, when I saw that happen, no, I was like, like yeah. you, you just put yourself in that same category as, you know, Kobe Bryant drafters. You know, it's like you paid way too much for the production that you're not going to be happy with. Uh, in the end, here's the other mm-hmm. thing too. Like, well, I don't get why he's playing twenty-four minutes with the contract that he has. You know, um, if you if you're gonna give him fifty million or whatever they gave him, and you're playing Oklahoma City, and this is a matchup you're trying to win, play your best player thirty minutes, please, or your best center. You know, I understand Alex Len is a guy that you still want to develop and give minutes, and he deserves it. But if that's how you felt, you shouldn't have signed Tyson Chandler. Okay. Yep. So now you're invested. You made your bed. Give the guy thirty something minutes, and you know, live with your fifteen minutes off the bench with with Alex Len. That's what you guys did. You know, after you drafted Alex number one overall, so great job running your team. Um, uh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. oh man, do you, give it to him. I like it. <laughs> do you love how I like? I re- I feel like I should be every team's GM or something like that's the beauty of fantasy basketball and the show. We go on the show, we rip these people for making dumb mistakes, like playing Miles Turner thirteen minutes, and you know, like you just you you see like weird things that that, that uh, happen, like the Kings starting James Anderson. I'm like. Come on, George Carl. I thought you were smarter than this. You know, like you 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 are smarter than this. I was like, you know, ah, I was frustrated by the Kings rotation. I thought George Carl was going to be the one guy who got it. You know, and you know who it turns out it, it, who was the best coach the Kings had in like the last ten years? Your boy Mike Malone. That's it. Hands down, your boy Mike Malone. He decided to do what no one else wants to do, which is play, play some defense. Yeah, play slow it down, <laughs> slow it down ball. Because you, because you, Demarcus Cousins is a grinder who will destroy you inside. All you have to do is make sure you don't get beat going down the court or playing too fast. Or well, that's the thing is there. You're not. You have to play to the the team that you have. You know what I mean? Like it's great that you want to play that style of basketball, but you don't have you don't have Steph Curry and seven shooters on your team like Golden State does. You know what I mean? Like you have a guy who you can walk down the floor, dump it inside to, and he's basically unstoppable. So why don't you play to that strength? You know, that's, I mean, 
I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't know what Sacramento's trying to do. I know that's your favorite team, but like even the pieces that they put around them, you have a guy like that who draws attention inside. You should have shooters at every spot on the floor. Yeah, this is you why know, I, throw I, it inside to him. Shooters everywhere. Let him kick it out to guys. Like that would be how he would thrive. Instead, you put a whole bunch of guys who don't really fit together. You know, a guy like Rondo. What's the one thing that Rondo hasn't been able to do his entire career? Shoot, yeah. Shoot, shoot the basketball. But you know what? They, would, you know? The problem that they have with that is is they had to, you know, the owner demanded that they make a splash in free agency. And that's the only guy that they could have got that um, was like, you know, a, a sort of marquee name. And they only got him because everybody else is done with him. So, I gotta be honest. Everybody, every move that that owner has made, I don't care how many billions of dollars this yeah, guy has. He doesn't me. know the first thing about about how to build an NBA franchise. And I'm not saying that like I do because I, you know, have Listen, a podcast I'm or not, anything like that. Right. But I'm not happy just, with it. I just have yeah. to live with it, sir. You know, yeah. I didn't. I, I thought Carlson was killing last season before uh, he um, ended up getting injured with that, you know, that internal muscle injury or whatever. Carlson mm-hmm. has the best season of his career, so I was like. Why are we signing Rondo? So and Rondo goes against everything I can't stand in a point guard, you know, which is like. But the, having said that, I will I will tell you this: Rondo, when he gets like thirty plus minutes, is back to the whole the triple double threat that he used to be in Boston. Oh yeah. So oh yeah, and, I actually have him written down to talk about later too. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk some more about him. The last thing I'm going to say on my Sacramento Kings rant, and then I'll put my uh, my you know foam finger away. Uh, Seth Curry needs to play. Seth Curry is legit, okay? Mm-hmm. Seth, Seth Curry needs to come off the bench, be part of the bench mob coming off with Bellinelli, and they just need to let him make it rain for, you know, 16 minutes off the bench. Because to be honest with you, th- this is sound like super crazy and, you know, homerism of me. Seth, Seth Curry could end up being the best point guard on this roster. No joke. So better shooter than Carlson, better shooter than Rondo, not a better distributor than Rondo. Rondo is it has, like, just sick game flow and he there's so many times where he just penetrated and he looked like he was going to have an easy left and he gives it to it gives it to collie stein for an oop that's uh, that gets made 100 percent of the time and he's just like mm-hmm. he just kept like killing these people over and over with the same sort of play and i was like man this is why people used to love rondo so yep. all right i'll put my my rant away because we're not even talking about sacramento <laughs> they didn't even play on sunday you wouldn't know by this podcast though um, all right, so... Where are we on? OKC on the other side of this? Yeah, one? and then all standard stuff here in the OKC. The only thing I want to say on the OKC side is Enos Cantor is um, maybe actually better off the bench the way that they're playing right now. I had concerns about him getting, you know, losing out to Steven Adams, but it's looking out like it's working pretty good now. Obviously, he's not going to shoot 90% every game, but right. um, very efficient, doing what he does with the T-Rex arms that he has. And I know <laughs> T-Rex is something that's you know, partial to you, so you love that. Yes. Um, yeah. So twenty-one and seven with an, with an assist, and um, he blocked a shot, which is crazy since, since he has like a three-foot wingspan. But um, yeah, your thoughts on Enos Cantor? Yeah, I actually, I actually kind of agree with you. I think it benefits him to be playing more with the second team because he's getting in there when either Russell Westbrook or Durant is out of the game with the way that they're doing the rotation. So. When he's in the game, he's basically like the second scoring option that's out on the floor. And that's probably better than him being the third or fourth scoring option. I mean, I still like his offensive game more than I like Serge Ibaka's, but you can't tell Ibaka he's the fourth option. He, he thinks he's the, you know, he thinks he, he's, he thinks like he's a three-point shooter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, well, I mean, I know I'm not Russ and Durant, but, you know, I, I'm better than everybody else. 
Um, you know, Abaka to me is a guy who should be rebounding, playing defense, and you know, cleaning up messes. Maybe taking that short jump shot every once in a while. But I keep hearing people talk about, yeah, Abaka's going to be a three point shooter. I said, good luck with that. That's good. That's he yeah. does fire it up the corner three, but I don't know if that he even really like should. He's a pretty. I I prefer he would stay in Carl Malone range. You know, drop that. Yeah, exactly. Like, hit know. the hit the foul line jump shot. You know, stretch the floor that way. That's that's where I'd like to see him. You know, play a little. A little pick and pop with, uh, you know, Westbrook and Durant up top. You know, if they get doubled, you stand at the foul line, catch the ball, turn around, hit that 15-foot jump shot. You know, you'll score t- 10 points a game easy doing that. Because you'll see, he'll see open shots from that level, from that area of the floor. Yes. But I don't understand why he wants to step out to the three-point. Everybody wants to be a three-point shooter. It's Everybody. Just, Cousins wants to be a three-point uh, shooter. It's, 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 it's like being a wide receiver. It's sexy. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I oh, look at me. I dropped a tray. I'm Steph Curry. I'm I'm yeah. I'm the center version of Steph Curry. I'm Demarcus Cousin, you know. Yeah, so yeah. you get a lot of love when you hit the three. It looks pretty, you know what I mean. Everybody gets to hold their breath while your shot's in the air, and then it goes down, splash. You know what? I, as a as a coach, you you want guys to be on the spots of the floor where they can succeed the most. Right. And Vaca Cousins at the three point line. That's not where you're going to succeed. No. Get get down in the post. We'll give you the ball down there. Put up your twenty. And, and just be happy with the layups that you made. You know, like, what's wrong with that? I don't understand. Your name still gets in the box score if you put up 20 points. You know, nobody cares if you hit six threes to do it or if you had 10 layups. You still get 20 points out of it. Yeah, that's true. All right, um, all good points there, so we can successfully move on from this to the last game of the night. Detroit or Portland, this was a crazy game. Did you Were you keeping your eye on this at all? I know, I know NFL's going on, so it's hard to keep tabs on. Both. Yeah, to be honest, on Sunday, I'm pretty much glued to the NFL yeah. scene. Um, you know, I kind of just checked that. I, ha- I had my ipad with me so i was just kind of checking box scores to check like fantasy scores and stuff like that but i wasn't watching any nba yesterday so portland is up in this game uh at the half all right so let me see here what they were up it was what let's see here 47 to or i think 47 57 if i'm right or is that right 30 plus 25 uh... Let's see, yeah, fifty-seven, forty-seven. They're, they're up ten. They're up ten, so they're up thirteen going into the to the fourth quarter. Portland's well in control. Okay, Damon Lord's having a good oh, game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I just noticed the fourth quarter box yeah. score. <laughs> uh, Reggie Jackson just tossed the entire Portland team at an umbrella, okay, and then just made it rain on all of them, like simultaneously went straight up bonkers, and he didn't even do it from deep, you know, forty burger, just like it's nobody's business. Andre Drummond, Drummond once again crushes another team that has no inside presence with 27 rebounds. It's like he's going to out to set the rebounding record, which yeah. is crazy to me because to me the greatest rebounder of all time is Dennis Rodman. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Well, I mean, you can go back to Will Chamberlain. He was pretty good too, but well, go ahead. You know it doesn't count. Come on. Yeah, straight, just... straight up modern era rebounder. Go ahead. I could I could give okay. you Rodman. He okay. Was... Well, you know, you should give me Rodman anyway. Will Chamberlain's rebounding against midgets. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> you know how, like, you just have to, if you, if we tried and we were playing against, like, if you were playing against kids at, at your son's school, like fifth graders, right, and you had 40 minutes, it would still, like, be very tough for you to score 100 points on fifth graders just because you'd have to make so many shots and you'd run out of time, you know? And so Will Chamber did the same thing. He played against fifth graders and he scored 100 points. So that's just, I mean, there's there's nobody close to them. There's no one, he, like, even, like... You, did you see it? You've seen those highlights of Will Chamberlain? It's like, oh, yeah. oh, the people are like reaching at his waist. I'm like, oh, no, don't make another dunk. No. You know? 
they like outlaw the dunk because of him. So that to me, I'm not trying to hate on Will Chamberlain. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was gonna say the man's a legend. He is a legend for other reasons, but <laughs> it's just yeah. But what I'm saying is, come on, you know, he was the competition was crazy compared. He wasn't like a a genetic freak born 50 years before his time. You know, give me give me somebody now like Andre Drummond who has to compete against other seven footers and six nine guys or Dennis Rodman who was un- who uh, Dennis Rodman was like one of the smallest fours in the league. Do you remember him? He was yeah. a rail. Six eight. Six eight rail. Do you remember him? I remember he, I was watching I was a huge huge fan of those Bulls teams. I remember him well. Even yeah. the Pistons teams back in the day. That's kind of when I started watching basketball. I used to be a Pistons fan. I was a fan of the that was the first team I ever picked up with the Bad Boys in eighty nine ninety. And I didn't know I was a little kid you know how they had those block littering on the back of their jerseys? Ah. And I was like watching this guy, watching you know Dennis play defense. And I was like trying to like squint at the jersey, trying to see who it was. I was like, who is this guy? This, oh, this guy, Ruman? This guy, Ruman, he's good, man. He, <laughs> Ruman is good. I'm telling you what. I was like, I like Ruman. I didn't yeah. know he was. It, See, that's it was, why. That's why he dyed his hair uh, blonde so that it was easier to <laughs> pick him out when he was out on the court. Yeah, exactly. Little known facts there. But greatest play of, of all time for me. It's like no one will ever remember this probably. But he gets caught like on a switch on the road against the Knicks onto Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing's like backing him down, backing him down. He goes turn around. You know the patented Patrick Ewing seven footer fadeaway jump baseline jumper, right? That shit's like basically unblockable. Right, uh-huh. and Dennis Rodman blocks that crap. I was like, "Oh my God, six eight! How does he block that guy?" You yeah. know, and he I'm, had long, he had very long arms. Yeah, he was a uh, just uh, amazing, amazing ground. Always going to be a Dennis Rodman fan too. But I hate the hate the fact that he turned into just a weirdo freak at the end. <laughs> you know, just so disappointing. But yeah, I, and I so now I'm so actually sort of forced to root against Drummond because I don't want him to break Dennis Rodman's like you know, uh, yeah, Detroit yeah, record. I mean, you know, to get back to Drummond, he's been. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's averaging over twenty and twenty right now. No. Yeah. Well, let me let me see. That's a good question. If he's not, it's pretty close. It's no very twenty point three and twenty point three on the dot. So sick. All right. So there you go. 20, over twenty and twenty at this point. Which can is, we call it a DFS lock right now? Like. Oh yeah. I mean, well, to be honest with you, the problem that you have in DFS with him now is that his price is coming up. Yeah. But true. you know, he's definitely somebody that you know he wasn't a first round pick in most drafts. Probably somewhere at what was he going? Maybe. You know, ADP around like twenties, thirties, somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my DFS breakdown for uh, when we jump on air. I think we're we're doing DFS tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do uh, record Tuesday. We always record DFS uh, the Road to Wire DFS podcast for those of you who um, haven't checked it out yet. Shameless plug to to uh, subscribe and listen to that <laughs> Benny on there all the time talking NBA and NFL. And um, if you remind me, Benny, I want to do like a like like just run through position by position to start the season, like bottom five fantasy point projection, so we can tell like people who they should be targeting. Like for instance, against Portland and against Indiana, Drummond is an autoplay. Like oh yeah, you can almost just figure out the salary later because there's he's going to crush them just like you know Mahimi and Miles Leonard and who else? Oh Plumlee, they have nothing for Drummond. They're if they if they get a rebound, it's it's a win for them. So, and we'll go through those those fancy points positions to hold some of those guys like Indiana when you're playing centers and stuff who you should target. So we'll go through okay. uh, position by position starting tomorrow for the Wednesday show. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, anything else that we need to talk about here from this point? McCollum, um, nice performance. N- not a yeah. not a you know good solid. Nothing crazy. Damon Lillard doing Damon Lillard things. Twenty six and eleven. Myers Leonard for people who are on the hate train. He jumps back with seventeen points, so that's nice. And then really anything else? Like I mean, Alan Crabb stepped up, but you don't expect yeah. him to be seven think, for seven. You know. I think the thing that I take away from this the most is at the beginning of the season, most people were assuming that Ed Davis was going to be the starting power forward yeah, over there. He's not. And I think that, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of Leonard and Plumlee together. And I think Davis is the guy who becomes the man lost in the shuffle. So um, if you have Ed Davis, I mean, he doesn't really have much value right now. But, you know, I wouldn't be running out to get this guy off a waiver wire. Uh, He might be droppable for me, depending on, you know, who you're able to pick up and stuff. I I just think that his time as a starter, unless there's an injury, is kind of done. I think they're going to go with, you know, Leonard and Plumlee playing the predominant amount of the minutes over there, uh, you know, for them. So what I'm personally rooting for here is for Plumlee to get shifted back to the bench and to them to roll, go, just go full on young guy. And I know it's not like Mason Plumlee's old or anything like that. I like Plumlee. He's decent, but mm-hmm. Noah Vonla is the guy who has the talent on this team in terms of just like undercover guys. Noah Vonla coming out of Indiana was like a point guard handling four dropping trays. And I was like, whoa, who? Interesting. Yeah, have you have you seen the highlight package on Noah Vonla? No, I haven't actually. Okay, I'm gonna YouTube link you to it because this guy is was making change and handing out dimes and dropping trays and I was like, how how does this was why it killed me? I was like, I can't. But, but you know what? For Batum, it's worth it. But I was like, I cannot believe they gave up on Noah Vonla. They refused to play him. He was a baller at Indiana, and I'm telling you right now, he could easily be the best big man in of the group. Right now, and Myers. Well, I mean, I honestly don't think it would be that hard to do. It's not right, like it's, this. It, it, it's not like this front court is really impressing me with Leonard and Plumlee. I mean, Aminu's been the best one, and he's somebody who, to me, is like a you know a fifth option piece that you add to your team. He's not somebody who should be one of your better starters. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So just there, there's another back pocket guy. We've given you a bunch of like home run play sleepers for you to just throw on your watch list. And if those guys get an opportunity, I'm telling you right now, Jerry and Grant. Uh, Noah Vonla, who's the other guy that I mentioned that I'm just sort of sitting on? Um, let me look at Phoenix. I mentioned one more guy. I forgot. All right. Guess it guess he's not that important to me. I was going to say, Grant Grant was the only other one I remembered, to be honest. There was another guy. Um, let me see here. I got to look at the San Antonio. Um, I, oh, I, I mentioned Seth Curry, but that was more of like a, uh, like, um, oh, you know what? That, that was like a Sacramento fandom Homer moment. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, Justice Winslow was the guy that I talked about. Oh, Winslow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there we go. We're we're done. We've wrapped up the box score breakdown. Now uh, we've got a, we're running out of time a little bit here, but let's go ahead and jump right into uh, Benny's buy low and sell high. So, what do you got for me? All right. Well, you tell me. You tell me where you stand on each one of them, and we'll see if we're on the same side of them all. And then, uh, you know, we'll debate them if there's any that we don't agree on. Um, I'm going to start with one that you know will probably be near and dear to your heart. But what do you do with Rondo? Do you buy low or do you sell high? Uh, I think it's going to come down to value, but uh, he's going to be underrated. Um, there was a point when Bat Rondo was at his peak, where he was a top 40 player, top 30 player, because he was averaging, he was leading the league in assists, and he was triple doubling. And um, I say buy because the Kings need him. Um, mm-hmm. so, I actually have him, especially with Collison out right now, mm-hmm. I have him on the buy low list because he played a lot of minutes. And again, he's a guy that produces across the board. So the more minutes he gets, 
the more production he's going to give you, <clears throat> especially because he contributes in so many different categories. So as long as Collison's out, I think you buy low, um, buy low on him. When you hear that Collison's coming back, though, I, I don't think he's going to be playing the same kind of minutes. I think Collison coming back is going to eat into some of his minutes. So I think that might be the point where you decide to switch over and see what you can get for him if he keeps playing like he's been playing. All right, fair enough. And you know what, just just as a side note, too, they've been actually playing some together in the starting lineup as well. So just because Collison's back doesn't mean that your Rondo's value is going to take a nosedive. Um, he's actually been like eating into Ben McLemore's minutes. So anybody who owns Ben McLemore, even like in 14 team leagues, just needs to jump off the train. Yeah, as soon as I possible. would definitely, <clears throat> I would definitely get off McLemore. But even with the two of them playing together, I still think it kind of takes Rondo down a little bit because Collison also has the ball in his yeah, hand. Yeah, he, he does, and he holds it like he's running the show sometimes too. Yeah. So you're right, exactly. But with but with him out, I love Rondo right now. Rondo yes. should put up some big numbers with Collison out. Absolutely. Now here's here's another one that I know a lot of people are wondering about okay how do you feel about evan fournier evan fournier to me is a guy that you have to ride right now okay um and the other problem that you have with fournier is there's not a ton of believers overall because his first two seasons in the league weren't anything underwhelming he was like a just you know uh bad you know shooting bit two basically and then you know that mm-hmm. he was sort of like uh you know basically playing the same position as oladipo so to be honest with you, I think that actually, like, the best thing that could happen is Aaron Gordon starts and their life. They would just be, like, so much better defensively and they would have a stronger front line. And Aaron Gordon can be sort of the shot blocker that Vucevic isn't. So it makes, from a coaching standpoint, to think, like, optimally, I think it makes more sense if Aaron Gordon's in that lineup. So Evan Fournier's days may be numbered. I don't, I don't want to room for that because I spent a good amount of money on him in my 14 team league because there's no starters available. And right now he's a starter who's making it rain. So mm-hmm. I, you could try to package him and try to sell him. Um, well, that's, I actually have him. <clears throat> I have him on my sell high list right now. Yeah. If you can get something for him with the way he's been playing over the last week or so, uh-huh. I would take advantage of it. Almost whatever it is, because I don't think what he's doing is sustainable. Probably not. And you know, like you said, he's a guy who, you know, I think there's a little bit more interest in him than than you think there is because he has put up some, I mean, just monster games so far this year. So if you can find somebody who thinks they're getting a steal by taking Fournier off your hands, mm-hmm. I would definitely let him go. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Okay, I'm with you. I like it. Uh, the way the way I would approach that, by the way, too, is if somebody in like you're in a deeper league and somebody owns Aaron Gordon. I want to go pair him with Aaron Gordon and and, and offer that guy to the, that owner, Aaron Gordon owner, and say, hey, no matter what happens in the starting lineup, now you're covered. Okay? If Fournier can, keeps making it rain, you can just keep playing him. And if Gordon ends up getting the job, then you've got the starter no matter what. And that's probably the best case that you can sort of do to sort of approach that appropriately. That's what I would do. All right. Um, any more that you got? Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Kent Bazemore? Buy low or sell high? Depends on the league, but I think in like deeper 12-team leagues and above, he's viable there as a poor man's Damari Carroll. He's not going to score as much. They don't want to give him the ball as much. Um, so he's like basically the fifth option on the, fl- on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. But he does enough in terms of like scrappy stuff. I, did you see some um, uh, chase-down blocks? That he was handed out here a couple days ago, can't baseball. Yeah, I did. I saw. I saw the highlights. Yeah. Yeah, he was getting. He was going kung fu on some people. So, that's nice that he's willing to play that role that that Mari Carroll was with, like, with athletic three guarding the other, the best defender on the other side of the floor, and then get rewarded with you know some some oops, some putback dunks, some shots to the hole. Not going to score a ton, but 
uh, viable. Well, he has. He actually has been putting up some points lately. He has, but not, um, not not. I don't think that's a consistent level that you can trust. To be honest. Well, that's that's exactly why I have him on the on the sell list because with the points that he has been putting up lately and the way he has been playing, if he's if you get somebody who can who will bite on a trade for him, or if you could add him as the second piece along with a mid-level player to get somebody to give up somebody that you really want, I think that getting rid of him is not going to come back and bite you, you know, in the end. So I actually have him as another guy on my sell-high list. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I, I, that makes plenty of sense to me. Now, how do you feel about um, Paul George? Paul George, all in. I go yep. Like, right now, if you have somebody who's – like drafted in a similar range to Paul George in the second, third round or whatever, and you can get somebody who um, is one to move off from George, which is going to be tough because he just had a monster game. You should have done it a couple of days ago, you know, if you really believed. Then, um, I'm yeah, you're, that's that's the right play. Paul George to me have, is full year removed, and that's why I targeted him. I think Paul George, if we're doing a redraft today, probably winds up in the first round of most 10 to 12 team drafts. And that's why if you can trade him for anybody but the guy who you got in the first round this year, Mm -hmm. I think you pretty much have to do it because I think you're getting good enough value. I think he's shown me enough to make me think he's healthy. And the numbers that he's putting up are just off the charts. So to me, I am buying low on Paul George. If I can get him for anything other than my first round draft pick, I will take it. All right, fair enough. I think that's more than makes sense. Anything above the second round is is a plus for you because he's playing at first round level. So Mm -hmm. there you have that. Okay. Now a couple other guys here. Um, Let's go rapid fire because I know we're running out of time here. Uh, Monta Ellis. Uh, (sighs) Sell. I mean, you, he have to rebound. He has to, he has to rebuild value first. That's the problem, you know? Well, that's, what, that's actually kind of why I think he's a buy low guy. I think you can buy low on him now. I have some faith in him being the scorer on that Indiana team. So if you're looking for points and you can get him for cheap, I think now's the time to get him before people see him do what he did the other day, putting up uh, you know 20 points in 30 minutes. I think that we're going to see that happen often this year. So if you can get him for cheap, I kind of like him on the cheap side of this. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about... Let's go over to the Philly situation because there's quite a few guys on Philly that I think could be on either side of the buy low, sell high list. So let's start with uh, Jaleel Okafor, who I don't feel like people are giving a ton of credit to. Would you buy low or sell high on him? Buy low. Yeah, I think he's got more upside too. I think that's a perfect guy that if you can get him for kind of cheap, you know, he Mm -hmm. basically hasn't rebounded much to start the year. But I feel like those numbers are going to come. I totally agree with you 100%. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Averaging Mm -hmm. 20 points per, easily the number one score. Rookie, rookie, uh, um, you know, blues aren't phasing him, and it's probably going to be closer to eight rebounds per game than he is five like he is right now. Yeah, he's had some bad rebounding games to start. I think that's a little bit of an anomaly, so I would try to buy low on him. Uh, Let's see, where else are we here? All right, so basically the rest of this team now how do you feel about a guy like tj mcconnell to me i think he's more of a sell high than a buy low he had those two double digit assist games you know his numbers look really good his assist averages but i don't think he's the long-term answer to this team and i don't think he's a guy who's going to see 30 minutes a game going forward yeah oh that's that's a good question uh I guess, yeah, you know, because there's, there's so much mistrust with McConnell because we don't know enough about him or how long he'll play consistently well, we have to sort of, um, you know, pass, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that his value is probably never going to be higher than it is this week. So if you were somebody who was able to pick him up off waivers and you could flip him for something you like a little bit more, a lot of times it's going to have to be at a different position. You're not going to be able to do a straight point guard for point guard swap. But if you can trade him for a guy at another position who has upside that you like more and somebody likes him, I would definitely look to get rid of him in my season-long leagues. Um, How about Nick Stauskas, though? That's a different one because I think his minutes are a little bit safer. Um, Would you buy low or sell high on him, a guy who probably was somebody you're able to pick up off the waiver wires in most 12-team leagues? Uh, I'm, like, completely on the fence. What's your take on this one here? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that what you're getting out of Stauskas now is what you're going to get out of Stauskas. Yeah, you know, so if you're comfortable with shots. that, then, yeah. I mean, it's to, to me, I just, like, he could easily be somebody who's valuable and, like, a good, solid utility player, or he could easily be on the waiver wire. Like, it's too soon to, like, if you got him for cheap, then hold him, but you can't sell him for anything, so, you know, because nobody trusts Sauce for, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be consistent. So, I, I think... think- you, to yeah. hold on to your buy low is, I guess, what you do because you can't really – there isn't a, a way to sell high on that guy right now. Yeah, I think that he's doing enough where if I picked him up as a guy because I needed some shooting or something like that off of the waiver wire, if I just needed a shooting guard because I had somebody hurt, I'd be okay leaving him in my lineup for a little while right now. But kind of like Josh said, you're not going to get much for him. So you know, if you do try to trade him, I don't think now is the best time. Whereas – McConnell, I would definitely get rid of in a heartbeat because I don't think you're ever going to get more trade value out of him than you will right now. So whatever somebody's offering you, if it's something that you're interested in, I would definitely take it over there. All right. Um, how about a guy like the other guy I have written down here? Somebody. How about Mason Plumley? Do you think he's a buy low or a sell high? Um, I think he's just a sell. Like you can't really sell him high, you know, because he hasn't done like mm-hmm. he hasn't played in an elite level. He's just been serviceable. You know, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't trust, you know, there could be an, an absolute shakeup on this roster in in my mind. I wouldn't be surprised if pieces end up moving and like, so Va- yep. Vonla could get in there. I'm going to take a look at their depth chart. I'm forgetting about somebody who could actually. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I kind of agree with you. I think if you can get anything for Plumlee right now. With Ed the Davis fact that he could get back the, in the mix too. Yeah. yeah. I think if, if you can get anything of value for Plumlee, who's somebody who moved back into the starting lineup and you can. You know, tell somebody, hey, you know, he had, he had a double-double the other day, and he's that he's the starter right now, and you could use him as a piece to get something better. I think he's definitely somebody that I would have no problem parting with right now. I have him um, on the sell-high list because I don't think you're going to get more out of his value than you could now. And like you said, it's, it's very risky. There's a lot of things that could change, and, you know, his the fact that he's starting now doesn't mean he's going to be for the rest of the season. Absolutely. So that's pretty much the list that I had. Those were a bunch of the guys that I had written down. Um, you know, obviously some of the superstars and the studs, those are guys that you're always going to buy if somebody offers them to you. But, you know, these are some guys who, you know, are kind of in that middle range there. Like you notice that when I asked Josh the question a couple times, he had to stop and think about them. And that's the idea. You know, we want to get some of those guys who are, you know, the guys that are on your mind. So if you guys have any other guys that you want us to kind of break down and do a buy low or sell high, you know, feel free to send them over on Twitter to Josh and I, and, you know, we'll give you our thoughts on them on the next show. Absolutely. That would make a lot of sense uh, for us to get, you know, reach out to the, to the listeners 
and try to help you guys as much as possible. All right, you beloved pod listeners, you subscribe to rotowire.com. If you like the advice of our podcast, you'll love our website. Try it out for free at rotowire.com slash pod. Features including uh, DFS lineup optimizers, daily projections, uh, customizable uh, league projections, up to the minute depth charts, and complete draft kits for NFL, NBA, baseball, NHL, online and and magazine format and so much more so if you want a 10-day free trial go ahead and check out rotowire.com slash pod all right that's going to wrap it up for the rotowire dfs podcast don't forget to check out benny on twitter at benny r11 and you can check me out on twitter at josh hades fs don't forget to subscribe on itunes and stitcher and leave us a, a glowing review if you care to do so we would definitely appreciate that thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.